Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fitter and Faster Coaches Corner. I'm your host, as always, Mike Murray. This is a special remote edition of Coaches Corner. I'm at the Eastern Zone sectional meet down at Virginia Tech, and I am thrilled to finally have scheduled uh, my good friend Dave Gibson and my good friend Jennifer Gibson on Coaches Corner today. They are coaches at Swim Fort Lauderdale down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We are so excited that you guys were able to carve out some time. Two of the busiest people I know, two of the most passionate coaches that I know, uh, and I am so excited to have you on the program today. Welcome. Thanks, Mike. We're happy to be here, especially with you. Uh, I appreciate it. Dave, uh, you and I talk almost daily uh, with everything that we've been doing and all the excitement that we have with ASCA. And I know that uh, all of the coaches around the country are super excited to, to hear about an, a special announcement that we have coming up. And I know that people who tune into this, they'll, they'll be very excited with what we have in store from an ASCA perspective. Absolutely. One of, the, one of the things that Fitter and Faster is very proud of is our relationship with ASCA. And I know that we look forward to continuing that relationship moving forward. And whoever our new leader is, I know that that person will be super excited to take us on and, and lead us into the next phase of our relationship. So we're thrilled about that. And I know Dave yeah. is thrilled about that too. There has been so many exciting things happening at Fort Lauderdale lately. Uh, and I think it's a perfect segue into introducing you both, but can you maybe touch on some of the exciting things that are happening there uh, with your pool and your club? Well, I'll let Jumper pitch in here too, but right now we're just waiting on the completion of the new aquatic complex, the Hall of Fame pool down on the beach here. And it's gonna be a beautiful facility. We'll have some great training and some really good meets back there. Yeah, it's going to be great to have that, uh, you know, kind of return as, as a hub for American swimming and so many famous meets there over the years. And Jennifer, what is it, what are you most excited about with some of these new changes from a facility standpoint that are coming to Swim Fort Lauderdale? Well, it's kind of interesting the timing of what we've all been going through this past year. Um, I think our families and our swimmers and our coaching staff were kind of already a year into that mode per se um, because we had been swimming um, in community pools um, our team split up uh, between three different sites sometimes um, so we'd already been doing that for almost a year um, so I'm extremely excited after it'll be two and a half years um, almost three years since we've all been together on the same pool deck so that is that's huge. Um, you know, uh, one of my parents uh, said that they're not going to call me coach anymore, but they're going to call me chaos coordinator. And that's just because, you know, things change by the week, um, dealing with, you know, how that everybody's been dealing with heaters and chillers and pool space and just protocol and um, just really excited about that. Um, but, it, but on the other hand, it's been extremely good to work in the community. I feel that we have made some very, very important um, connections with the community that we didn't have before. Um, that I just don't think the awareness of you know what we were about, what we were offering, um, and that has a lot to do with our location. Um, understood. So I think I think it's a win. 
I'm really excited to see what, what it looks like moving forward. And I know that people will be really excited to go back there and compete in high level meets there. Now, <clears throat> excuse this phrase, but it needs to be said because combined, you guys have almost 90 years of coaching experience. Oh, and though you are both some of the most energetic and enthusiastic young coaches at heart that I know, you have such a plethora of experience and you've been with so many different clubs. If you guys had to identify one of the key or cornerstones of your philosophy, what would that be? Well, for starters, don't really consider it a job. I mean, we love what we do. I mean, you kind of titled this our life in coaching. You know, somebody's like, it's kind of your life is coaching, but it's really not. We have to make time for other things, but um, it's, we love what we're doing. I mean, that's the philosophy, I think, as we try to exceed the expectations of our members and our athletes and parents and um, try to instill some passion for swimming like we have. There's, there's no doubt about that, Dave. And when I was putting together my notes for this episode, I was thinking to myself, uh, what are some things that I know about Dave and Jennifer that I want to touch on in this episode? And when I thought of Dave first, I thought of servant leadership. You have been involved in the American Swimming Coaches Association for many, many years. You've been a part of the leadership and servant leadership is something that kind of exudes from you. And I know it has made a, a major impression on many young coaches and, and your mentorship over the years. And I think that that's certainly a cornerstone of your philosophy. And Jennifer, I remember very, very clearly, you and I were on a flight back uh, from Colorado Springs together. Um, and we just happened to be next to each other in the same seats. And I was still a young coach getting things started and I was struggling and I was talking to you about some of the work-life balance things. And I left that plane ride saying to myself, you know what, I'm, I actually feel validated in doing what I'm doing. So, you know, when I think of Jennifer, I think of the compassion that you have for the athletes and your staff. And I think that's a, such an important building block on all of the teams that you guys have played a role on, which is a great segue into my next thing, which is, you have played integral roles in rebuilding, revamping, or building back better many teams. What are some of those initial considerations that you both think of when you started a new position at one of those large teams? And when I say large teams, we're talking about some of the blue bloods in American swimming, right? Phoenix Swim Club, Swim Mac. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you revamped those programs? Um, I think first it's your staff and assistants you have around you, um, trying to educate and motivate, inspire, and lead them in the path you want to go, because um, then it kind of feeds down to the athletes. I just, it's always been a family affair. You know, for one thing, for the two of us, for sure, and our son Harrison, and um, you know, we're lucky. I, I love my job. Like I said, it's not really a job. I love my career. I love coaching. And I love her and our family. And to have all that 
is such a blessing that I think it just kind of rubs off on people and kind of motivates them to um, be the best they can be. You know, I'm not, I think I'm a, I'm a pessimist enough to know that I can't help everybody, but I'm an optimist enough to know that I'm never going to stop trying. Um, so I, I think some of that helps us kind of when we move ahead. I'm sure she's got some different thoughts because we always do have different thoughts. That's what makes a great team. So funny that what he just said, I would almost say that I'm opposite. Um, one thing for me, I just think a, a real fortunate, my parents worked together. My parents worked in the same career. I grew up watching, um, having parents at the dinner table talking about the same topic. Um, they both were in the insurance world, worked for different companies, but it was amazing, their conversations. I can remember thinking, if I don't hear about insurance again in my life, um, so funny because I see that in Harrison when he was younger about swimming. But um, I was just brought up with two people that just gave first. Um, they were very committed to their to their to their family, to work, um, but just the giving. And they just were always so positive, so caring, so open. Um, and I think that really brought people to them. And I think I was blessed a lot to be a lot like my mother, where, um, as Harrison says, mom, you're one of those people that wherever you go, you make a friend. Not all of us are like that, that we make a friend wherever we go. And so I think going into new situations, um, you know, just lucky enough to be kind of that, have that sixth sense, that perspective of maybe what people need to hear, what people need to see, um, and kind of going to their level. Um, I, I think working with children, that was always a pet peeve of mine is when you would hear people say, why don't you grow up and act your age? So I'm saying they are acting their age and I'm really a 12 year old. And so I see where they're coming from. So I just think when we went into those situations, um, it's just kind of putting some, I, I, I really think kind of some love and care into it. And it's so funny. It started in, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We moved from one team and moved across town and it just kind of built, you know, then we went to Charlotte and, you know, you, you always think the grass is greener wherever you're going to go or, you know, whatever you don't think you have. And then you get in that situation and you find their needs are just the same. And um, it was a little surprising sometimes because you have a tendency to put other things on a pedestal or you, you know, that you're going to, you're going to make it if you reach this level. And then you get there and you find there's just as much to do there to get to the next level or to bring it to your I don't know, that, to take it to where you want it to be. And so that was always putting that kind of a, a challenge, you know, putting that challenge out there. And, um, you know, just, we were just both the kind of people that won't quit, just kind of keep going after it, working at it, working at it. And um, I think that goes back to our parents a lot. My, my parents, kind of both educators, my dad taught at the high school I went to, my mom was an administrator at a college. Um, worked hard yeah. we both worked really hard lots of hours of course um and that's just kind of how our teams it's like you got to work 
And I know that's a big mantra on your team. Work works. It really does. So, you know, if you want full-time results, you can't put in part-time work. I, I really appreciate that perspective. And you both make so many great points there. I was, uh, I was 22 years old. I was on deck at Santa Clara with, with one of my first teams. And um, somebody said good morning to Bill Rose. And Bill Rose said, uh, you, know, you know what I love about this job is it sure beats working. And, uh, you know, you guys bring that, that youthful energy and enthusiasm wherever you go and you talk about your families. And Dave, you know, your brother's a swim coach also. Um, it's a big part of, of who you all are. And, and Harrison is carving out a little piece of his own swimming community with what he's doing. And, uh, and I want to talk about that today too. Um, but as coaches, I think it's fair to say that we are an extension of our athletes' parents. We play a, a very vital role in their development too. So how has your experience as parents helped you become better coaches and create programs wherever you've gone? Well, I think you have a different perspective. I mean, I think there's some, some coaches that don't have children yet. And, you know, you just have that parent perspective of what it's like, whether it's an athlete or not an athlete, just a child and how you talk to them and how you deal with them and the ups and the downs. And you have to support them when it's raining and you got to support them when it's shining. I mean, um, Jennifer has been so good at that with the age group kids, parents, you know, so a lot of times when those athletes move from her group to my group, parents have been educated about a lot of different topics, not just the kids. No doubt about it. And when I think about, about somebody that I would want to come to my club to talk to our parents about the process of the sport, I would want Jennifer Gibson on deck kind of giving her philosophy on how to be a great swim parent. And you guys have created Olympians. You've helped lead some of our national team athletes. What, what have been some ways, Jennifer, that, that you've utilized at the age group level that introduces parents to the process of development? Well, you know, when I was first starting to coach, um, we had a really gr good group of of age groupers, especially young boys. And I'll be real honest, I work very well. I work extremely well with rowdy kids. Um, I don't, I just, maybe personality, I don't know. So it was very fitting that probably my first really successful groups were boys. And they had parents that were pretty involved and they would, I would hear this several times. Well, you're not a parent. You don't understand yet. And part of me would get riled up. Part of me would kind of, yes, you're right. And then it was kind of like, well, wait a minute. I'm dealing with all your kids. You know, it was kind of a realization. Um, I started working with children when I was 14. And um, so I, I think I was fortunate very young to see how parents responded to their children and to their children's successes and to their, I don't wanna say failures, but their whatever didn't meet their, their parents' expectations, put it that way. And um, I, I just think that there's no real, I don't think it's special. I think you just need to be real with them. You know, that 
there's going to be hard days. There's going to be easy days. But I really say one thing that I do is include your child in that. You know, sit down on Sunday and say, hey, this is what our week is looking like. And include them in that. I think as soon as you can find that you're a team, even if they're seven, empower them that we've got to make choices here and we've got to work together. Hey, you know, if, if we're going to take Wednesday off and this is what you're going to do Wednesday, well, then we're going to get our homework done on Wednesday. And if you want to have this little, you know, party on Friday, well, then we need to go Wednesday. You know, just learn, you know, it's just starting a lot with um, that time management. And as we know, swimmers are amazing with time management, but um, that has to be that has to be a real team effort between parents and children very young, because usually it seems that about the time that you're wanting a child to make that first turn, it may be, I don't know, 9, 10, 11, wherever they are in your program, it seems a lot of times that's the first time you'll see a big burnout or you'll start losing kids. And I think it's because there's that first friction and parents are tired. They're ready to give into it. And I think you just have to support them and give them some simple ways of coming together and in, in, in letting them understand, I think it's okay to empower the child. The sooner you empower the child, they start ex accepting the responsibility. And the sooner they start taking the responsibility of their own swimming. Um, so I think some of those things go hand in hand. Um, I remember when we got to Mecklenburg and um, I wanted to be a big part of the parent of the parent meetings, the new parent meetings, and all the coaches looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, I'll take it. I love it. This is what I love to do. And they're like, wait a minute, you will lead all the parent meetings with the new people and the new. And I'm like, love it, glad to. So um, yeah, that and some of them weren't parents, and you know, I, I just I really enjoy that. I enjoy that the conversation um, gives me a chance to really be with peers. You know, when you're working with children all the time, I think you have to then take a step back and understand we have to look at every side of it. What a great dynamic, because <clears throat> as your age groupers, Jennifer, progress and they reach Dave's group, those parents are so well educated, I'm sure. Uh, Dave, what is it like being so fortunate to have the person you trust the most in life developing those young parents as those athletes start to matriculate to your group? Can't really say anything that it's not. I mean, everything's good about it. I mean, whether it's the parents or the mental approach they have or their skills, you know, it's talking about even their development before they get to me, what they need, uh, what I'm looking for, new ideas that they could try. Um, I mean, I don't have to go backwards too far. I just keep moving forward. And bouncing ideas off of Jennifer must be really nice because of her intimate experience, understanding what helps those athletes stay motivated, inspired, what buttons you can push and can't push with the parents. I mean, that, that information is so valuable. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you're not, if you're a coach, it's not fortunate to have that dynamic and you've got to just communicate with your assistants a lot in those situations. Um, don't have that, but, you know, communication is pretty key to that. Yeah. And, and, and we're still doing that. I mean, today, yesterday, we're still talking about what we need to do with certain people. And we just talked yesterday about some new ideas for practice. 
You know, and I think for the people that that aren't married to their head to the head coach or their age group coach, that I think one thing you have to really look at is is communication style or personality style. You know, when do they when do they open up? You know, um, when is it good to tune in and listen? You know, Dave won't, Dave isn't one that's going to sit down and have an hour long conversation with you. It's going to come out in bits and pieces. Um, when he is mumbling or when he is saying like little, you know, little, little bits and pieces, that's when you know you should listen because that's when you're going to get pieces that you're either going to need or that are, you're going to need or that are really going to benefit you um, down the road, um, either in our personal life or in, on our job. You know, it's like when I hear him kind of mumbling about something or kind of when he's nervous about something or trying to figure something out. It's kind of when I tune in. And, um, you know, I think that would be the same if I wasn't married to him is, is trying to kind of figure out the communication style or, you know, when it's kind of good to be asking questions or following that person around or, you know, you know, whatever your, your work situation is, um, just really trying to figure out how they communicate the best um, and really being open to that. So, and if, if I can just interject in there real quick, Mike, you know, besides, you know, a lot of, a lot or some of my success and some of my Olympians even, but my upper level athletes I've coached in the past due to her a lot and her bringing them through her. Um, we both have been, I have been, Lucky enough to have some great assistant coaches at those programs that we're, we still talk to frequently and we're still very good friends with. And I love seeing them progress. You know, Dave Dyer was one of my assistants at SwimMac and he's the head coach at LSU now. I love that man and his wife. You know, it's just seeing that kind of thing. Atiba, who does your swim your fitter and faster stuff, he was our, one of our assistants for a brief time in Phoenix. So it's, it's really a joy to see those Patty Waldron coaches. I mean, just how she inspires people, how good she was to us and helping us to understand walking into a program that had such a, such an established culture and um, for years and having somebody that had lived that culture and embraced it um, to have her embrace us made such a difference to be brought in you know, um, with coaches like that. I mean, we've just had them at every, at every stop. Um, we, we've just been so fortunate in that way to, you know, to be surrounded by the people that we've been surrounded by. Um, you know, Michael Brooks, right? Yes. I've, I've probably read or asked or emailed him for every single nugget that he's ever put out. So when I was, I was in in my car driving from Charlotte to Phoenix to start my job in Phoenix, um, Michael was going to be our my, my head age group coach in Phoenix, and he calls me on the drive halfway to Phoenix and says he's just taken a new job and it was going to York YMCA. So I talked to him, congratulated him, We're still good friends. But um, so we hung up with him and immediately called Jennifer. <laughs> And said, "Hey, guess who our new head age group coach is? You." <laughs> so you know, some of it uh, along the ways, 
fortune or luck that things work out, but um, it's, it's been a, a good journey. Well, you know, you some of the names that you just mentioned, um, you know, just unbelievable practitioners in our sport and great people attract great people. Um, you know, Dave Geyer, uh, I had an athlete just graduate from LSU and uh, she loved swimming for him. Um, and Atiba has been such a wonderful addition to the Fitter and Faster family. The way that he engages athletes, you know, th these are things that they learn from, from working with people like you. And you guys have been fortunate to have your family business be the swim business. And inside of that, inside of having a family, you know, here I am in Virginia, you know, Dave, you're going to be super busy in a week or two. Uh, you know, we are pulled in a lot of different directions. Fortunately or unfortunately, you know, being together on the same pool deck, being together in the same business, uh, though you might be around each other more, you're still working so hard. So what have you guys done both as husband and wife and as parents to kind of make sure that you say, hey, you know, this is our time to take a step away from swimming for the night or the day or the weekend. Um, and these are the times where we can be on at work. Uh, in our family, you know, with, with five kids, we're in a million different directions. So I have to be really careful with my time management. What are some strategies that, that you guys have used? Because in addition to the, to swim Fort Lauderdale, Jennifer, you play a, a seminal role in multiple different capacities with the LSC and USA swimming. And of course, Dave, you know, you and I on the, on the ASCA board of directors, what have you guys done to make sure that you are able to step outside of the swim biz. Well, I'm not sure. A, it's, a, it's very difficult. <laughs> B, we probably don't do a very good job of it. <laughs> C, we do. I mean, I'll admit it. We're parrot heads. We like Jimmy Buffett, so we hit his concerts whenever we can. And um, we're doing a. Uh, I'm, I'm doing some cooking now. We've done done one of those meal service plans, you know, at home and I'm cooking meals and we try to travel when we can down to Key West or, and, and we do our own things. I mean, I'll take off every other day on a 40 minute run and Jennifer's doing her thing. And so whether it's together or separate. Dave, I've actually, uh, I remember one time that uh, we were at junior nationals or something and uh, you were out running and I was walking back from getting coffee because I was being lazy. And uh, as you ran by me, you said, hey, Mike. And I was like, Dave Gibson knows my name. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it is really hard to find that balance. Right. And, uh, you know, as as your children are growing up and going through different things and, you know, so far we've been very lucky to have all of them swim, um, you know, was there a time where, you know, you really said for this week or two in August, we're going to just shut down and, and take a step away? You know, when, when Harrison and my two stepsons, Dave's sons, um, were younger, um, a little different dynamic, you know, being in, in Indiana. And Dave made one, one big statement that he would never, ever leave Indiana or leave Fort Wayne until his boys were out of high school. And he stuck to that. I mean, that, that was hard having, you know, two young, 
two young boys, two young men that weren't in our household 100% of the time. And if I, if I would go back, knowing what I know now, we would have done things differently for them. Um, they were, one was very much into sports, very good soccer player. The other one was more of the studious reader, you know, um, personality. Um, actually, I have to say Harrison probably was the one that brought those guys together very well with us. Um, but one thing that I remember that we really, really stuck to our guns about was um, when Harrison was little and we were pretty, pretty polled. I was coaching high school. Um, I was getting back into um, kind of the teaching scene of swimming. Um, Dave was very involved with the LSC, was working around a baby's schedule, that you can't have them work around your schedule. You have to work around their schedule. And I really think that taught me a lot about how to prioritize my time. Um, every morning, one of us was up for a 5 a.m. workout. But we worked that it was day Monday, Wednesday, Friday, me Tuesday, Thursday, the baby never had to get up. You know, I mean, just it, it was interesting, you know, really trying to figure that out. You know, when you coach, you always have great babysitters. You have 100 girls that want to be a part of your family and you have good girls. I, I can't remember how, how many times parents would say, and how do you know her? And how do you know all these, you know, great young kids? And it's because they swam for us. I was involved in their lives and their parents' lives. And they made a huge difference. You always had good young people that, that were there to help you out. I mean, that made a difference. Um, my parents lived 10 minutes away until we moved till Harrison was 11. Could have never done it without that kind of support um, of, of really good family, but also good young people that understood your lifestyle. Um, so, I mean, that helped a lot. Believe it or not, my big, big getaway was every spring, spring break, coming to West Palm Beach in Fort Lauderdale um, to connect with my nieces who had children my son's age. So it would be my parents, my nieces, myself, and our children. So it would be, you know, three or four generations just having a great time. And Dave would be at junior or senior nationals. <laughs> So I, I, you know, it's so important, I think, to, to ask these questions and to have both of you on here, because it's going to make a difference in a young coach's life who's watching this right now. And uh, my son, Finn, was born during day two of junior nationals, uh, as we had an athlete trying to make the national junior team. And I remember that very vividly. Um, and I remember being on the flight with you, Jennifer, I'm on the way, we were on the way home from national select camp. And I said to you, like, my life is crazy right now. And you're like, Mike, Mike, I've done this. Dave and I have done this. Like, you are fine. Relax. Like, you're gonna. And I was going nuts. Like, uh, I don't know if I can coach full time. Maybe I'll kind of have to go back to law school. And you're like, this is. You're doing it. Like, you're in it. And it it really changed my life. Um, and, and, I, and I'm sincere about that. So I hope that this episode, when, when young coaches are watching, they can, they can kind of compartmentalize some of these things and take a deep breath um, and, and know that you can be a great dad, you can be a great husband, you can be a great wife, you can be a great mom. Uh, you just got to mention that Harrison was born the day before Olympic trials started. Thank heaven they were in Indianapolis. So 
You have Harrison on Thursday. You know how they're supposed to do this little steak thing, this little dinner, blah, blah, blah. Well, Dave is trying to get ready. I can remember he came in on Friday and we're supposed to, his steak was cold. I mean, it was kind of like, whatever. So Dave has to take off with the athletes to go to Indianapolis. I'm in the hospital with Harrison. My parents take me home. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? Whatever. I mean, you know. I was there. <laughs> you were there. You know, it's, you know, I know that some people couldn't handle that, but, you know, but, you know, it just, hey, you, you know, just, things, I don't know. And it you is, know, you can do it, whether it's these topics we're talking about or whether it's just the coaching. You know, I, when I started coaching, it was the fall of 1974. Ooh. You know, it was when I was a freshman in college. I swam younger, but the college I went to didn't have a pool. So I started coaching, coached my way through college instead of swimming. But, and Jennifer started young, but it's like we coached summer league, age group, developmental, Swim senior, lesson. high school, um, you know, all different levels. You know, you can do it. You may not think you can do it, but you can do it. And it takes a little while sometimes, but and, and finding the right person, right? Finding your right person to be with. And I, yeah, and I, I never really, mentors, I think mentors are really good. I never really had any. My high school coach, maybe a little bit, but more from just watching him. Um, my mentorship mostly came from ASCA, going to the World Clinic and USA Swimming and things that they do and just standing on deck at nationals or big meets and eavesdropping on coaches and reading a lot, watching videos a lot, um, kind of did it on my own. But, um, and then we've learned a lot from each other, of course. Oh, we're totally different personalities. So, I mean, you know, he's one that is very even keel. And then there's me. I, I'm better now. I'm maybe a little more like this now. But, you know, but I remember when she, when we were first starting or she was with, you know, I encouraged her to get involved in the LSC, encouraged her to get involved with USA Swimming, get on the manager's trip list. And then she made some trips with the national team and things. So um, that's probably the best advice. Um, you know, I was fortunate. Um, he, you know, had a, a good mentor. Um, but I have to take a step back. I had a really, really, really good upbringing, really in just local swim lessons, a great program, um, started very young, um, did at least a month of lessons every summer. I mean, that's pretty much what you did when you lived in the North and you don't take, we just didn't do much swimming in the winter, except if you could go to the Y, but, um, you know, got very involved in that way, you know, started teaching lessons at 14, was a lifeguard for ever, um, managed summer pools for ever, um, you know, 15 years. Um, and so then when I was asked if I wanted to get into coaching, I was fortunate that I had great people around that had experience, but he also knew, and I think sometimes that's hard with young coaches, he also knew when it was kind of time to tell me I need to find some of my own answers 
And that's when he said, you know, you got to get involved. And I told him I was very interested in camps and Indiana swimming. That's right when they were developing the camp coordinator position. And he goes, well, you know, I'll let you talk to the general chair of Indiana swimming. And so we met on the pool deck at the natatorium and told her that I was really interested in camp. She said, that's great. We're going to meet tomorrow. She came in with about six big books and said, here you go. You're our new camp coordinator. Congratulations. Um, wasn't expecting that, but, um, you know, just getting involved. It's, it is very scary. And you might hear no, you might not get on a committee, you might not get on a staff. But I'll tell you, as soon as is whoever's running those camps, who's ever in charge, they figure out that you're serious, and you want to help, and you're not going to go away. I don't mean it. And I mean that in the right way. Man, it's going to happen. And it's the best things that you can do is get involved just the connections that you will make um, are just irreplaceable. I just remember meeting Dana Skelton for the first time and Allison Beebe introduced us at a, um, uh, when I was doing a golf coaches clinic. And she goes, I have this young lady that I just think is gonna be amazing. Would you mind sitting and speaking with her? Now I'm in awe with Dana Skelton. I mean, and that's, you know, these, these, these kids, that I met or these young coaches that I met that I'm now in awe with, you know, that um, I, I think you, you have to realize you always have to be in the learning mode. You never know it too much. You never know too much. You have to allow yourself to be vulnerable um, and, 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 and be okay with that. You don't have to be in charge all the time. Probably one of my favorite things now is when somebody tells me what to do, you know, let me take a step back help me guide me tell me what you want me to do and, and I think that we have to you know be willing to to learn from others and help others rise to those occasions um, so I I just think that those opportunities are so invaluable well I I think of those names that you just mentioned and I know the impact that you've had on those coaches we had Dana Skelton on a, a few weeks ago she was tremendous we had Kathleen Prindle on last week, your battle buddy. Battle buddy. And, uh, you know, it's just great to see all of that networking, you know, take shape. Kate Ludston and Allison Beebe and Rachel Stratton Mills. And, and what a group of tremendous coaches. Um, and I always love seeing your guys, you know, your social media posts when you all get together at convention or, or wherever. It's That's a dynamic group. Um, and, you know, Jennifer, you bring up a great, point about you know being involved in the sport and Dave you know you have been involved in almost every aspect of leadership in the sport if you had a message to tell young coaches about why it's important to you know be an LSC player get involved with the governance that's happening in your swim community and then you can take small steps as we have to further develop and you know I, I never thought I'd be on the ASCA board so you called me and said hey listen I think it might, I think you have a lot to contribute. Um, talk to me about how, you know, you've, you've, uh, you've developed the network that you have and, and how you've used that network to help our sport and help coaches. Well, I'd like to say, if you've been around as long as I have, you just get a big network. <laughs> I, I just, um, you know, I, I can come off a little standoffish to some people sometimes. I may be a little 
aloof, maybe. I don't know. I'm not. I mean, Mike's got you know, the best poker cool. face on the ASCA poker board. Face. I'll tell you that right now. So once you get to know me, I'm pretty funny. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a very personable and I can talk your ear off if you get me going. But, you know, you just got to, it, it opens up a just a wide array of knowledge and expertise. And, you know, don't be afraid to talk to anybody. But once you get involved in the LSC or USA Swimming or the ASCA, um, there's just so much more out there. You know, I think a lot of coaches think they know it all, but, um, you know, I'm learning every day. I want to learn every day still. So I don't care if it's, you know, my son that's 29 years old and getting into coaching that's got some great ideas or if it's somebody that's been around forever and has some ideas I've never tried. But I just, it just opens up a big, huge door of opportunities. No doubt about it. Make and the toolbox bigger. That's exactly right. And, you know, through those opportunities, it's not simply just engaging with the LSC and, and programs that are involved with the LSC or with USA Swimming or whatever you're doing, you're making your network larger. And, and that in and of itself as a head coach is going to give so much more to your team and your staff and help them develop. Exactly. I don't really think of it as, I mean, yeah, I want to improve myself, but I always think, how's this going to help my team? like you said, my athletes and my staff. Exactly, exactly. And when we think about developing staff and you know, you guys have talked about some of those great staff members that you've had, um, when, a, when you make a new hire, Dave, and at, here at Victor Swim Club, we're in the middle of three. Um, so when you make a new hire, what are some of the things that you are going to impart on that new hire in their first 14 days? Part upon them. Well, it's a toughie, but I, I mean, I look for integrity and character and stuff like that more than I look at their skills and their knowledge. I think you can help them get better at those things. But, so, I, first 14 days, I think you want to feel, you know, make them feel a part of your family, your coaching family, your staff, and the team, and um, kind of get them comfortable with how things are done. It's a new place. I just I think those things are more important. And, you know, I, I don't, I want to lead and help them coaching with our staff, but um, I'm not one of those that writes the workouts for them or tells them what they got to do. Um, certainly give them direction. Um, but I, I trust them. I guess what I'm getting at. You know, um, Mike, that, that really is a, an interesting segue to some real thoughts that maybe I'm sure that there's some people that would, would like to hear about maybe some of our experiences walking into different swim clubs and really different cultures. And, um, you know, as, as a young coach or a new coach or a coach that's looking for a different situation, a new position, um, you know, what, we never imagined that we were going to make three or four moves. Never, ever imagine that. I mean, for a lot of people, they probably think we, when they hear how long we were in Fort Wayne, they probably think, oh my God, how old are you guys? That, I mean, we were coaching in Fort Wayne 20. for 20 some years. And so 
it was when not you, an easy move. When you when you move and you move to a different part of the country, it's not just your job that changes. It, it's it, it's it, it, it is a culture change. So you do see it in the clubs, and I, I can remember that happening when we moved to um, um, Mecklenburg to Charlotte. Um, it, it was a real change for that staff. And we had a large staff. I mean, you're talking about, you know, 18 to 20 coaches. And it was a change for us from coming from a staff of five or six. It was a change for them because they had had a leadership that pretty much told them how they were going to do everything. So then you have a coach that walks in and you're just hearing it that, I'm not going to write your workouts. You're going to let your personality come out in your, you know, in your group of, yes, we're going to have coaches meetings and yes, we're going to, you know, put on clinics and yes, this is how we are going to do things. And these are our goals, but that was really hard. And uh, I mean, I have such great respect for those coaches that were there and Kathy McKee being one of them who had been my my idol and first coach I ever called after being in a clinic and listening to her and she said that we could call her well little did she know I was going to call her the next week but for her to have been with one style for so long and then to have somebody come in that's a totally different style so you're not only dealing with a new coach you have to understand how things can change because of that coach's personality and I think that that alone um, can be things that a staff has to be, be able to be open enough to discuss the differences in personalities and the differences in coaching styles. And now how are we going to make this mesh? And how are we going to really be able to let everybody, let everybody what, shine, flourish, but still be on the same goal paths here? And we, you know, we saw that. We saw that then moving from Charlotte to Phoenix. Totally different people, clientele that you're working with. Oh my gosh, totally different clientele. Um, Charlotte be a little bit more like the Midwest. Phoenix, totally different. As my son would say, I understand why you like, this is his quote. I get a lot of my, my good counseling from him. He can put it in two sentences for me. I see why you like Phoenix, mom. You, you like being on the, on the wheel like a rat race. He said, you like that. Go, go, go. Answer, answer, answer. This is it. We're going to move faster. This needs to be done. He said, I see why you like that. Now, dad and I, we're a little bit more laid back than that. So if that tells you, so going to Phoenix um, and coming off of they had the Pursleys, who another married couple, who amazing coaches, who had had a family in it, who had lived in Phoenix for a long time, who had working with people in Phoenix that they started with in Cincinnati. So there again, a, a, another change for your clientele, for your staff, for your co-coaches. You know, so I, I think when, when coaches are looking at bringing somebody new in or going into a new situation, you know, don't be afraid of looking at those sides of it. And don't be afraid to bring that up to a coach or, or bring that up to your staff. I think you could really, really find that people are gonna open up. 
um, instead of feeling like you're fighting or I don't fit in or this is hard or why don't they like me or um, I see it differently. You know, I think that's where you can really find your, I think some of the best staff. Um, you know, I think it's real interesting. When we were at Phoenix, Scottsdale and Phoenix were really about the same. I really think that in, in kind of now being a little bit on the outside, not being as close there, but I really think that's what happened at Scottsdale. I think their staff meshed on such a deep level with Kevin. I think Kevin came in as the observer, as always being the assistant. And I think Kevin realized he had to take some things to a deeper level and just had to maybe do some things that weren't so popular in the beginning, but look what it did for Scottsdale Swim Club. I mean, just as an example. And then moving here, okay, people don't stay out after seven. Um, you, you're, you, have, you have eight, eight languages that are being spoken on your pool deck. Um, we come to pack practice three times a week. Um, you know, so it just, you know, it, it, it's so different wherever you go and it doesn't have to be cross country but you've got to be willing to open up whether you're leading that staff or you're a part of that staff. You have to make sure everybody feels equally important and that their contributions are equally important. That, that, that's probably gonna be the first clip we put up for a promotion. There was some, so many good nuggets in there. And um, you know, fair to say, part of the reason for your success, both as coaches, and team administrators, and as husband and wife, is your ability to adapt. Yeah. It's a and critical we, piece. We definitely have. Critical piece. And, and, and I'm, so, I'm so glad we were able to discuss that because like you said, you've been all over, different cultures, different communities. Um, and your ability to adapt and find what works and allow your people to know, number one, that they can operate without fear of failure, right? We tell that to our athletes all the time. Are we telling that to our staff? Well, that's very good. That's you know? very good. And so I, I think, you know, you're going to build those relationships so much better when you have the ability to adapt and you trust your staff and you allow them to make their own mistakes and learn from them and be supportive through that. You know, that it's such an important piece. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I've always known about you too is, you know, how, how much passion you have for the sport. What are some ways that you, you show your athletes, you know, why it's so fun to swim and not get totally wrapped up in constant improvement, you know? At some point, you can only swim so fast. Uh, we always, as coaches, want to explore where that is. But what do you guys do to instill that love of sport at Swim Fort Lauderdale? Well, I, you know what? I think, I think this is something that we, I think this is one thing the swimming community can share in. And I do feel for those people that have, have had it harder than I've had it or than, that we have had it here in the last year through COVID. But um, not having meets and working our way back in the water. And I just feel like I worry so much. And you heard it so much in the beginning is I know, Mike, you were 
you know, you were on social media, you heard it from everybody. We heard it from each other. We heard it on Zoom calls. We heard it um, in talks. We were so worried that everybody was going to fall behind. And so we're so worried about what the athletes were missing. And I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they missed anything per se. They didn't go to meets. Um, I think swimmers were probably some of the luckiest if they got to get back in the water. And I, and I feel so bad for the the people that were out for for months and months. Um, you know, I I was out for we were out for what a couple of months, and then started working our way back in. But I, I think it showed a whole nother side um, that we were there to better ourselves, but we were there for each other. Um, we didn't have to talk about the racing. I mean, we didn't have to worry about, okay, in three weeks, we're going to this, we're going to this, or in four weeks, we got to do that. Or if we don't get this time standard, um, I really think that I tried to focus on the equalizer, on, on how we were all in this together. And that, you know, just talking about how we were feeling or, hey, what did you guys do? Or how did you handle this? Or, you know, what, what are your mornings like now? Or, you know, just trying to find the common ground with them. And um, I, I felt such a relief. It's so funny. Okay, I'm not living in those four seasons, but I lived four seasons through everyone because that's how I was raised. Um, I don't know. I feel spring. I feel like we're we're, I feel like we're okay. I feel like that we're all going to be okay. I feel like that we've done what we can do and we have to believe that going forward, we're all going to pick up and move ahead and come out of this all the better. I mean, maybe I'm getting too philosophical. I don't I know. I love it. I try to get them to learn that what they do every day matters more than what they do once in a while. So, you know, they might do a meet once in a while, but we have practice every day. So I think that's when they can, you know, step forward into growth, which is every day, or they can go back to safety. Dave, I love that quote. And I'm going to write it down as step forward into growth. And that's what I think we've done, at least a little bit, even my coaching like from team to team, you know, like I left Indiana to go to swim back. Would have been safe to stay there, but I wanted to step forward in my coaching and growth. But Without that, a doubt, get them inspired every day. You know, and we try to have fun. I try new ideas. I borrow. I was gonna say steal, borrow stuff from you or other coaches, some sets or fun things. Oh, or, I steal. You know, <laughs> fun things. I like puns. So you know, throwing puns out at kids at practice. I, I kind of like starting practice on time early if I can. Jennifer likes you know, her mind. kids come into practice and One she talks to them. She will quiz them about what's going on with their day or what they've got coming up. And um, you know, kids so you, you kind of have to keep it light sometimes for sure. But um, that little either sweep second hand or that digital clock on the deck is your buddy every day. You don't have to wait for once or twice a month to use it as your friend for sure and, and you both just said something that that resonated 
our friend, uh, our mutual friend, Alexis Keto. One of the best pieces of advice she gave me this a couple months ago, we were struggling, you know, with pool time. And she said, Mike, stop worrying about that kind of stuff and just meet the athletes in their space. What a great perspective. You know, um, we, uh, we, we, we are swimming at a meet right now. And, uh, you know, we, we have some athletes who are swimming for the first time in a long time. And, you know, they're not, they might not be going best times, but what kind of advice do you give those athletes who are just getting back into swimming competitively and maybe haven't for a year and they're getting disappointed with some really good performances. And we had a great morning. I mean, we have 10 coming back tonight. We had a great morning, uh, but but what what do you say to that athlete who's struggling to find their way back into it? I think you draw on some past experiences with other athletes and other years, but I'm kind of, we just had our senior championships last weekend and we had a lot of big drops from best times. I mean, it was crazy, but not everybody, you know, it's, it's, um, it's not the last time you're gonna do that event you know, what do you think you could have done better? What are some ways or you can improve, you know, put it back on them a little bit uh, to think, um, show them what they've done. You know, some of them, their bodies changed in the last year. It was amazing, especially the boys, you know, 10 weeks out of the water and you see them again and they're really gotten up there. But, you know, even the girls, just new bodies it's hard to handle them sometimes or learn how to handle them for sure yeah and 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 that's an important thing to remember one thing that we could talk all day guys because we we love the sport so much i i wanted to talk because uh i was able to get a flex earlier this year and and i know you guys are super excited about that and i know harrison has put a lot of his time effort and work into it talk to me a little bit about that and and, and how he got into that. And I know a little of the backstory, but, but share with everybody that, uh, about the flex. Well, they were, they started with two of them. And that's when they were at the University of Florida. And it's pretty funny. It's just even funny when I think about the apartment that Harrison was living in. He was actually living right across the street um, from the football stadium. So um, he was no longer swimming. And um, this is the, when he was the second year that he managed the with the team. And so the guys, would, um, it was easy. They would drop off their visit for a little bit before they went the rest of the way because it was close. So it was kind of that, how do you say, leave the pool, meet, and then, do, you know, homework, eat, whatever we're going to do. And it was actually two of them, Marcin, um, I, oh, I got to say she's lack yeah. and Harrison were actually out walking. They, they took this stick everywhere with them until it, I think it broke when they were in California, but they were just discussing ideas. And um, Harrison's, I'm going to say it kind of nerdy, you know, just that got that, that brain. He's, always reading, always researching. And they were just looking at technology 
And that's the side of swimming that really, really intrigues Harrison. Um, he, his big thing is how can you make swimming more exciting? How can you make swimming more exciting to, uh, to a spectator, to a non-swimming person? How can you draw them into the sport? Um, and, and you can tell he's had to live this his whole life. So I can understand that there's things he's known since he was probably four and five because he's heard us say it, that kind of just takes with a grain of salt by the time he was 10 or 11. He's, other he's kids, probably heard stroke rate and stroke count since he was six. You know, so, um, so that's where the idea came. And then there were uh, two more guys that were two years younger um, that were really close to them. That their, their personalities, they're, so, they're very different, but their personalities mesh so well that they just took off from there and became involved with the hatchery where you do, um, it's for entrepreneurship at the University of Florida. And they started doing those um, contests where you do your pitch and round around. And so that's where they started perfecting their ability to present. And um, then they, and then um, Ryan Rosenbaum's background degree is with um, uh, video marketing and video production. And then Luke Torres was in uh, marketing business. So you kind of had a little bit of, of They got of an ex another ex-Florida swimmer involved as a um, engineer. Yeah. And, and what a piece of equipment that, that gives you so much feedback, you know, I mean, that's the coolest thing about it. Their, their first hope was literally four or five years when they first started, their first thought was, and I do feel bad for them because they just did not have the, the money to throw at it was to put the, the stroke rate as the lens in the goggles like form goggles. And the gentleman that did form goggles had the million dollars because he'd already sold his first, his first product that he invented. So he could take that and, and throw it back into the next one. So, um, well, was, we were really, we were really excited to get it when we got it. And, uh, you know, I know Cody Miller's played around with it too. And, and it's, I mean, really, you know, cool. at that age to develop it, that's pretty remarkable. You guys have to be pretty proud. What they have learned and who they've had to, you know, just them flying and dealing with um, investors and going into, you know, and watching production and talking to this peop these people all on their own. I think just the process, they've learned so much. So well, much. It, it's exciting to watch and, and I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. And I know that he'll probably come up with something new. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to seeing what that is. Uh, I want to hit you guys with one more question before we go to the quick fire questions and have a little fun, but what will the Gibson coaching legacy, what, how do you want to be remembered as coaches when it's all said and done? I think, you know, young coaches, coaches midway through their career and then coaches towards the end of their career, we're always thinking about, you know, what our legacy will be. And, and you guys have a very unique story and it's been so incredible to to, to listen to you both talk about your experience in the sport. So what's the Gibson legacy going to be? I'm going to tell you one thing, and this could go way back to how I was raised. 
you, if you do it right and you do it with heart, you're always going to leave it better than you found it. That one's getting written down too, Jennifer. Yeah, I think just caring, passionate, compassionate. Um, I mean, hear that a little bit now, even with our former swimmers that have their own families, have their own careers. Um, you know, what, what swimming did for them, what we did for them, what they're doing now, whether their children are swimming. Um, it's amazing. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, here we go. We're going quick fire questions. Uh, I got one thing I want to read you that I have a creed that's in my wallet at some point. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I need to hear that. <laughs> um, I didn't even know this. <laughs> yeah, see, we're getting so much. Like everybody who thinks Dave Gibson's all business poker face, now we're now we're finding out the intimate details. Uh, and and Kathleen Prindle said like. You're going to see Dave really start to talk a little bit more when Jennifer's around. <laughs> uh, the first quick fire question is going to be this. Does eight minutes go down in Tokyo for the women's 800 meter freestyle? I say yes. That's kind of where people are leaning. <laughs> All right. Now today, Caleb Dressel swam the 400 IM against Ryan. Uh, but in Tokyo, will it take a sub 21 second performance to win the gold medal in the men's 53? I gotta go yes again. That's kind of where people are leaning also. What are you guys most excited about for the future of our sport here in the United States. We're going through a tough year. Jennifer, you would know that uh, more than anybody with what you know about USA Swimming. We're going through a tough year, but what are we looking forward to most with, with our sport in, in the United States? I think we have unlimited potential um, as far as if we, if we really follow our are for our what new footsteps with um, DEI. Um, we have we have some great, great minds. And I, I just think that anytime that that you kind of see that what generational change. It, it's hard, you know, and I'm amazed. I'm so fortunate to sit on that board. I'm so fortunate to get to hear what I get to hear. Um, it, it, it is an honor. And it was there again, it was scary. It was very scary. And there are a lot of people that deserve to be there. And I'm just so honored, but I'm also so amazed and thrilled and at, at the work that's going on within USA Swimming. It's so great for people to hear that because all we've heard for, you know, the last year is, you know, this is changing and that's changing. And, and to hear that from you goes a long way. Uh, Dave, why is it critical for young coaches to be involved with ASCA? Um, some we've touched on, the networking, I think is huge. The mentors you can get from that, but the education, um, I really wish we could get ASCA more respected and known in the world of clubs and parents and swimmers. 
I've said this before, like everybody knows USA Swimming, what it is. I wish the clubs and the parents and the swimmers would know what the American Swimming Coaches Association is and why it helps their coaches and their teams. And I'm getting off my soapbox now, <laughs> but it's important. And, and you and I know that we have some great ideas moving forward with that. And, uh, you know, yeah, we are going to be better than ever. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for your leadership on, on the ASCA board. And I know that the, uh, the, the new, the new members of the board so appreciate that mentorship and guidance. Um, and I'm just so thankful that I was able to have you both on today and I wish you all the best. And, and I'm here to tell you that Victor Swim Club, once we can travel more with more people, we're coming down to Fort Lauderdale and we're going to do a training trip down there and, and we're going to do some meets. Yeah, we can't wait to get the new aquatic complex back open again. I'm going to, Mike, you can cut this part. There's a garbage truck going. <laughs> no, I, I can't hear it because we have good, we have good speakers here. So you're good. Okay. Well, I want to read you this it's from my wallet. And it said, creating a day worth living. I love it. So get up early, which I am. We're a little different. She's a night owl. I'm an early bird. <laughs> Express gratitude for what you have. Do something productive. Do something fun. Do something for someone else. Get some sunlight. Exercise. Doesn't matter what it is, just get out there. Put a smile on someone's face express gratitude or compliment someone. The last thing is learn something new. And that's sitting in your wallet. And do you pull that out? I should put it on my phone. It'd be a little bit more up to this century. No, listen, it's right there with you all day, man. And, uh, you know, are there days where, you know, maybe it, you're going through some challenges? Are you pulling that out and reading it? Absolutely especially in the last 12 months. Now, now that I know that you have that, I need you to take a picture of it and send it to me so I have it on my phone. Uh, Before we end, can I just put a, a shout out? You know, this year, I really was never ever one to be on Facebook and kind of a history to that is because when Facebook came about, my son was um, at that, 15, 16 year, that six, that age. And the children that I was working with in Phoenix were at the 12, 13, 14. And that's when anybody that had a little extra money, uh, the kids were getting new phones every couple of months. And Facebook and things that were being posted were pretty scary. And the last thing they needed to, for me to be seen was that I had any involvement in that. So I just never did it. And so, believe it or not, this past year has been my really first year to really be active on Facebook. And I just have to put a real shout out. I, I have made a new, I feel like a group of friends in swimming that I just, my, my heart just goes out to that really inspired me. And just so many great ideas that I learned from young coaches and new coaches and old coaches and people that just were open and inspired me and Marius with his daily posts and um, just Mary Liston and Jeannie Fleck with their great posts about what they were getting done every day, whatever it was, it was motivating. But 
I just have to say, don't be afraid to go back and have fun with the basics. I mean, I think that we we're, we're, we feel like we have to keep doing more and outdoing more and more. And I'm having so much fun this week with my kids. I pulled out all the old toys, the, the, the um, pipe. I'm using golf balls. I'm using pickle balls. I'm, I mean, just having the pucks, just going back and having fun with stroke. And I'm just, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm back and I'm just having a blast again. And I can see it in my kids. And it's like, just, just don't be afraid not to believe in what you know. And, and don't be afraid to just use those basics. Um, with the kids and you know if they can do those things greater you can find a way to make it fun have fun and I, you, know, you know i say i like doing new things and learning from young coaches and new ideas but i also like to i pulled out a 1997 workout logbook recently looked at some of the workouts and sets and we kind of went back and did some old school stuff this year and and with the training and even with the tapering Man, we had a lot of success. So it's interesting just to, you know, have some time to step back a little bit. Yeah, I love that stuff, you know, and, and you know, you've shared some stuff with me, Dave, that I've used and, and you guys talk about, you know, learning so many new things. And, you know, we did a lot of different things this year too. Uh, it was a great year for experimentation. Um, and, and, you know, I think, we, we all know as coaches that it's not necessarily what the set is, but how you give it to the kids, you know, what, what your passion is behind the work that you give. And, uh, you know, if they see somebody who's believing in it, then that, that type of work works. Yeah. No so speed limits. That's, that's right. Uh, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, this was a thrill for me. I was waiting to do this for a long time and, uh, I kind of wanted to wait till we got through all the ASCA stuff and we could nail Jennifer's schedule down too. Uh, so thank you so much. This is a gift. This is a gift, especially to our younger coaches. So uh, Thanks, we, wish, we wish you guys all the best. And uh, I'll look forward to getting this up either tonight or tomorrow morning. And uh, hey, sa save a spot for Victor Swim Club because we'll be down to visit. Absolutely. Good luck at your meet. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks so much, guys. And for all you viewers of Coach's Corner, this will be up either tonight or tomorrow morning. You can find it on our website, fitterandfaster.com, or on our YouTube channel. Thank you, Gibsons. Take care. Bye. Bye.